0: For over 45 years, Patagonia has given a damn about the clothes they make and their impact on the environment. Join them this holiday season as you consider what you give. Pass along cherished gear that you no longer use. Try something new with a friend. Repair that favorite jacket or donate to a good cause. Get inspired with more ideas at patagonia.com/stories. And cheers to the joy of giving on a living planet. All right. It's our family's favorite time of year when we take our ancient travel trailer that's older than us up to the mountains. We ski all day. We spend the evening sledding and making food and spending time. And it just, it feels like this wonderful thing for us. So a couple weeks ago, Becca and I hatched a plan. We would leave the trailer up at the mountain. At the end of the weekend, I would take the kids. We'd hitch home with a friend. Becca would stay and ski with some friends and have like adult time. And then we'd swap. Except, When we made that, work was totally quiet. And then now it's all insane. And she needed to bring her computer. She had a great time. But right at the end, she got home and she realized she'd forgotten her computer up there two hours away. And we were all flustered. We're like, juggling kids, appointments, deadlines. She needs a computer. I'm trying to meet friends. The computer's at the mountain. After school, childcare fell through. Someone's going to have to pick them up. Uh, Like, it was like, how are we going to do that? And she also needs a computer. Ah! And just like that, the answer to it all was obvious. The next morning, the boys woke up to find their mom waiting for them on the couch. Do you wanna go to school or spend the day skiing with mom, she asked. They looked at her like it was a trick question and then they realized it wasn't. And that's when the cheering started. I think about moments like this a lot about how small choices or serendipity the zig instead of the zag can lead us to unexpected places a crummy day becomes a day where two little boys spend a morning catching snowflakes on their tongues while riding lifts with their hero mom and sometimes it's these small choices they can create large-scale changes in the trajectory of our lives today on the dirtbag Diaries, Patagonia presents The Best Gift, a series of four short stories about gifts you can't find online or buy in a store. The best gifts change lives, they provide powerful perspectives, and can bring us together. Shannon Castle wanted one thing in life, to become a professional concert dancer. That's an extremely hard thing to do that requires not just talent, but commitment. In her 20s, she was dancing across the U.S. on some of the biggest stages, but she also felt a little lost and unclear of the direction in her life. Enter her dad, Doug, who had an inkling that the purple bike with the plastic beads on the spokes, you probably remember that one, that he gave to Shannon at 13, would still have an important role to play in his daughter's life. I'm Fitzko Hall, and you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.
1: I am Shannon Castle. I wanted to be a dancer ever since I was about four years old, I think. My parents put me in a ballet class when I was four. And as I recall, I came home after my first class. and was like, I'm going to be a dancer when I grow up. (laughs) And uh, that was just sort of the trajectory my life followed from there. I just wanted to be the best dancer I could possibly be at uh, sort of the expense of the rest of my life. And at a certain point, that just became normal for me. And I stopped having outside interests. I stopped having outside hobbies. All I thought about was dance and how I could be better at it.
0: Was there a specific catalyzing moment for that change that you would make in your life?
1: I saw people riding their bikes around the city and they all just looked really happy. Nobody was ever on a bike looking angry at anything. I was always working inside and I was not making time to be outside in any other capacity. And as I would drive to work in my car and hem and haw to find parking and pay for parking, I'd see these people just zipping around on their bikes looking like they didn't have a care in the world. and that. Really appealed to me, and I was like, "Well, you know, I had a bike before. I wonder, I wonder if that bike is still in existence."
2: I'm Shannon's dad, Doug Castle. I can't ever think about throwing a bicycle out. That's just me. There's something about bicycles—just too many memories to them. So that's just me. I just can't do that. So I put it away in the (laughs) basement for a rainy day or a snowy day. Yeah. (laughs) I thought maybe Shannon, if she gets married, if she has a kid, maybe she can pass the bicycle to her child. Those thoughts were going through my head, but um, I, would just, I, I just hung on to it. Yeah, yeah I'm happy I did. <laughs> Shannon came out to our house. At the time, it was cold still here. Rochester, New York, still kind of winter. I think we put some WD-40 on the chain to make sure, because it was a little rusted.
1: And we, uh, there was an air compressor we oh, yeah. Yeah. couldn't find a bike pump, so we just dragged the air compressor out. I would have just gotten on the bike and ridden it with, you know, flat tires and a rusty chain and thought this is what it's supposed to be like. So,
2: yeah, we got it up and running.
1: Yeah. Were you surprised that I asked for the bike back?
2: I was surprised. It had been a while and she was so dedicated to dance, um, kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, I thought it was a great suggestion, you know, go save money, you know, no parking, all these things, you know, that's pretty positive, get some exercise outside, not that you needed more exercise, because she was dancing all day, so, but I thought it was really good.
1: I, I went to the store and I bought a helmet, which was probably worth more than the bike was at that point, and I got on the bike and I started to ride and I felt like there was this electricity sort of running through me and I started noticing all this stuff I had never noticed before you know I started seeing birds and squirrels and I could I was it was cold you know it was New York and it was the end of winter so I could feel like this chill in the air and then I got to work and I was so proud of myself and I stopped the bike and I forgot to put my feet on the ground and I uh I basically fell over Um, and like kind of like toppled over onto the sidewalk next to work. And then I like popped up and I looked around and I was like, okay, (laughs) that was embarrassing. (laughs) Um, And then that was that, you know, after that, I decided I was just going to start doing a commute by bike all the time. A big part of me was trying to add to my life at that point because as i said earlier i was dancing and that's all i was doing and it's all i was thinking about and it was my it was my entire life and i stopped dancing and suddenly i just had time and space and all i knew was that i liked riding my bike to work that was the only thing i knew about myself outside of who i was as a dancer and so i started to lean into that really deeply i started looking for different ways to use my bike and different places to go with my bike. And, and then I started building my community of, of bike minded people. And I spent some time learning about what more I could do with my bike. And then I thought, well, no time is better than now. I might as well just ride my bike across the country now. (laughs) Do you remember when I told you I was gonna do
2: that? I do remember that. You had asked, is it okay if I take my bicycle from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean? And I was, what? Out of the blue. And um, she said she was doing it for a fundraiser for an organiz- organization by, uh, it was called Bike the US for MS. And I had never heard of them before. And I asked her, why, why would you wanna do this? I mean, it's, it's 3,800 miles from coast to coast. After she did the Trans Am, which was across the center of the country, they contacted Shannon again and said, well, we'd like to have you as a group leader from take a group of people from San Diego to Florida. So that, was it the next year
1: that you did that? Yeah, it was the next year.
2: So she did that ride, I think that one was a little shorter, but it was still, how many thousands?
1: It was still about 3,000 About 3,000
2: yeah. mile ride. And she did part of the Northern tier which took you from Maine to
1: Minneapolis.
2: um, So she was only able to do half the ride across the country. Believe it or not, she went across the country two and a half times. I just thought that was amazing. And she actually raised about $10,000 for MS.
0: Do you ever think about how different your life would have been if your if your dad hadn't saved the bike for you? Because I mean really it's like it's, that's an incredible gift, right?
1: I actually think about that all the time. I I would not have bought a bike for myself. I would have asked if my parents had it and if they didn't I would have been like oh well okay I'll figure something else out you know when I stopped dancing I have no idea what I would have pursued because I wouldn't have known anything about myself and because I had that little purple bike that I got to ride to work it then paved the way for all of my decisions moving forward you know I it changed my life. It, it, it changed what my career was and what my hobbies are and what my passions are. And I met all of my best friends through riding bikes. Um, I got engaged on a bike ride to my fiance who also loves riding bikes, you know, and if I didn't know that I liked to be on a bicycle, I would be in a very different place right now. And I really like where I am right now. So I'm pretty... <laughs> pretty thankful that everything transpired the way it did.
0: Look for the next installment of the best gift series presented by Patagonia in a few days on this feed. Uh, but if you need some more inspiration before that, go visit Patagonia.com stories for more awesome gift ideas that don't involve overnight delivery. This episode was produced and edited by Stephanie Maltrich and me Fitzko Hall. Additional editing and mixing by Cordelia Zars, music by Kai Engel. Our theme music is composed by Jacob Bain and Nice Koto artwork by Anya Miller. Becca Cajal is our executive producer. You've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.